HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market. For more information, visit www.fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Happy Monday afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host and producer is Sophie Schlesinger. Hi, everybody. And uh, today we are getting back on a, on a train that we kind of fell off for a while, which is our State of Cheese series. Uh, we're trying to go around the country interviewing cheesemakers, mongers, uh, cheese people of all professions from all 50 states. Um, and today we're going to be talking with a couple of folks from Arizona. Uh, we're going to be starting, uh, starting off the conversation with Krista and Troy Daly, who are the owners of the Wedge and Bottle Cheese Shop in Phoenix, Arizona. And later in the show, we're going to be joined by Rhonda Crow, who's the owner operator of Crow's Dairy in Buckeye, Arizona. Um, so, uh, Krista and Troy, are you on the line with us? We're here. Yep, we are here. Cool. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. We, uh, we are excited to learn about cheese in Arizona. We are excited to be here. Yeah, it's such an honor. <laughs> um, well, I guess if we could talk a little bit first uh, just about how you guys started your shop and how long you've been in business, that would be great. Well, we, we kind of always, uh, since we got married in 2005, we kind of always talked about doing some kind of specialty shop together, and that kind of started as Troy's dream, I think, um, first. Um, so we moved to um, Phoenix from Michigan in 2005. We kind of always had it in the back of our minds, um, what can we do here? Um, and we did a few intensive trainings on wine, and that kind of led us to cheese. And cheese took over and became the first love. Um, <laughs> as, it, as it so often does. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and um, we actually, we saw an article on Foster and Dobbs in Portland in their tea shop. And um, that was really what kind of started it off. We thought having a tea shop was a great idea. And so we did a few trainings. We did a food by hand seminar in Portland that was um, taught by Steve Jones. 
um, who's a which great was guy, awesome and kind of gave us all the information what we were getting into, and we were still excited, and um, kind of went from there. Great, that is really great. Um, and so, how long have you guys been in business? We've been um, operating a little over a year now. Uh, May was a year. So congratulations, um, we're young. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so. Let me ask about the cheesescape in Phoenix. Um, what is? Are there a lot of cheese shops, or you know, what? What? Where do people go to find good cheese? Or are you guys kind of, uh, you know, pioneers in starting a new kind of uh, retail environment there? Well, we're kind of. I guess you. Could, I, I guess we'd be pioneers. We're the only independent cheese shop in Phoenix, which Con- is congrats, which is pretty amazing. That's yeah, awesome. It's huge. Um, so I think you know Whole Foods would be the other alternative. Um, but that's pretty much it in terms of cheese shops. Um, so we did see an opportunity there because I think that the want is there. Definitely. Um, and, and how have you, and how have you seen that manifest itself with your customers in the first year? Are people, are people, are your customers new to cheese or are people just like, oh my gosh, finally, we've been waiting for you guys, you know, to, to open up. We've kind of had two groups. We have some kind of the natives uh, for Arizona and Phoenix, walk in and say, "What is a cheese shop, and and why do you, <laughs> why is this an option?" And but also Phoenix is filled with you know people from all over, so we get a lot of people coming in and say, "Oh, I used to have a cheese shop, you know, back in my hometown or my city." I'm you know I'm glad that you guys have opened up. Um, so we get we get both groups. Yeah, it's a mix of both. I mean, some people when we first opened, it was awesome because they would come in and be jumping up and down. And knew exactly what we were all about. <laughs> and it's awesome because we've gotten a lot of great suggestions for cheeses to order and bring into the shop, too, from, from those types of customers. But it's also fun to uh, have people come in and they get a new cheese experience that they've never had before. And that's really fun, too. That's that's really great. That is really great. Yeah, it's always good. It's, you know, probably nothing more encouraging than opening your doors and then having people come in, like you said, jumping up and down and being like, oh, I want this. And they're on the same page as you. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, cheese shop should be a happy place. And, um, and it is. It is. And it's, yeah, it's really just about educating the customer um, how a lot of people have never ordered cut to order cheeses. Um, so they might be a little intimidated, you know, by the price per pound. But um, they leave still, you know, still amazed because you can, you know, people aren't buying usually typically pounds of cheese, you know, a quarter pounds or a third. Yep. As long as we can get them to sample it and put it in their mouths, they usually get it. <laughs> you guys are on the you guys are on the front lines of education there. <laughs> um, well, can you talk a little bit about the focus of your shop? What kinds of cheeses do you focus on, if any, and? Um, do you offer any other kinds of, um, you know, educational events, tastings, classes, that kind of thing? Yeah, we do. We try to keep our case about 60% um, domestic uh, American cheeses and 40% of the imported cheeses. Um, so our focus when we opened the shop was to try to, you know, have the European favorites that um, people know and love and expect. Um, but also educate them on all the amazing cheeses that, you know, have been being made for a while, but um, people in Arizona just aren't aware of. Um, so, so it's kind of fun, you know, when they come in and ask for 
a certain type of cheese and we can be like, okay, well, we don't have that, but we have something similar and it's made in the U.S. and it's awesome. Um, so that was kind of our um, our focus as far as what, what we order and put, put in the cases. That's great. And what, um, if I can ask, what are some of your favorite, um, like more local cheeses? Um, I mean, out here on the East Coast, we don't see a whole lot of cheese coming from places like Colorado or, yeah, Arizona or the Southwest. Um, are there cheeses that you can, that you're featuring locally that, uh, that might not be found other places? Yeah, we have. Arizona has a ton of great, wonderful, fresh goat cheeses. Um, I think goats do pretty pretty well in the desert here. Um, cows don't like it as much in the desert climate. Yeah, that makes um, sense. <laughs> so we have we have quite a few. Like you, you guys will be talking to um, Rhonda from Crow's Dairy, and that's one of our uh, customer favorites. We also have um, John Foot from Foothold Dairy. He just started making some aged cheeses. So they're semi-firm goat cheeses that are raw and they've been aged 60 days. So we were very excited um, to have raw milk cheeses from Arizona in our shop. Um, and our customers have been really excited about that. Um, also, Black Mesa Ranch up in um, Snowflake, Arizona, they're also another um, wonderful fresh goat cheese producer. Um, and we have a few cow's milk cheeses that we carry. Um, Rainbow Valley Farms uh, does fresh farmer's cheeses, um, and they do different flavors um, that are really delicious, spreadable cheeses. And they also are experimenting with doing aged cheeses, so we always are excited to hear about that. Um, and I think, and there's also uh, Arizona Cheese Company. Um, they do um, fresh cheese curds. Or I think they're from Wisconsin originally. Um, so that definitely, there's a lot of people from Wisconsin who have um, migrated over to Phoenix, and they definitely appreciate the fresh cheese curds. They need too. their curds, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We sell cheese curds at our store, too, and, and it's, it amazed <laughs> me because I grew up in the Midwest also. I grew up in Illinois, and, um, you know, so I grew up eating cheese curds because all my relatives lived in Wisconsin, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun, you know, as a little joke, and it's become one of our most popular items. Yeah, they're just easy snacking food. Yeah, and I feel like for, like, the kids, too, for the five and under set, it's like, you know, good curds, you know, that that makes everybody happy. Sure. (laughs) Um, So what what are your most popular cheeses? What do you find your customers are most excited about? We we sell a lot of um, Smoky Blue from Rogue Creamery in Oregon. I would say all the Cypress Grove cheeses people are excited about. Um, the Lamb Chopper and Midnight Moon, um, those are those are ones that we have to keep in stock. Um, and I'd say also, you know, good cheddar. With all the Midwest people in Phoenix, we have to have some, some good 10-year cheddars. Cabot Clothbaum cheddar does really well for us. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're small, so we try to keep a rotation. So we try not to have, you know, too many that we have all the time. We try to kind of always have something new. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. great. Um, and now, and actually, uh, we were checking out your website, and I know Sophie. Super nice website, yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to say, too, that, like, home homepage is really, really beautiful. 
everyone should check it out yeah but um also the menu that you guys have up is is really nice could you tell us a bit about how you developed that and and some of the items that you have on your menu well we started um before we had opened we took a year and we just ate an obscene amount of um cheese sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) this could be worse so that was that was literally our nightly meal i would create cheese sandwich and sit at the table and then we'd eat um after a year of that we uh, we kind of got to figure out what was working, what was not working. And um, our philosophy is just just the, to make it as simple as possible and just use the best ingredients. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's done well for us. And just, yeah, like I said, just keep it simple. And the ingredients are high and people come back. People come back. That's great. That's great. Well, that's the best kind of R&D you can do for sure. Yeah. Lots of yeah. nights of cheese sandwiches <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> it was fun. Um, and, so, great. <laughs> and it's a great way to introduce people, I'm sure, to different cheeses that right. they might not be sure they liked all on their own. You know, if they're having it in a sandwich with kind of a custom sort of pairing that you've created, you can really turn people on to some new stuff. Yeah. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, well, Sophie mentioned your website. I'd love to, what is your website and do you guys keep a blog or anything where people can keep track of you guys? Yeah, we, we do a newsletter every um, Thursday where we feature, we do like a he said, she said, where we each feature um, a product that we're into every week. And we also list all of the, the wine tastings that we do. Uh, we try to do pairing classes, um, either beer and cheese or wine and cheese. Um, and we post all those event dates that we have going on on the newsletter. And then we also try to keep it all on our website, too. Great. And what and what is your web address? It's um, www.wedgebottle.com. Wedgebottle.com. I love it. Match made in heaven. Yeah. The wedge in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. And um, I certainly hope I have an excuse to go to Phoenix soon so I can come eat a grilled cheese sandwich. You're yeah. <laughs> sure making me hungry. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And it's such an honor to speak with you. And I tell you, you should have seen Krista when she got the call. She was, <laughs> she was flipping out. She's a huge fan. Oh, I'm a big fan. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank guys. You. It's so exciting to hear what you're up to. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be chatting with Rhonda Crow, who uh, makes goat cheese in Buckeye, Arizona. Stay with us. Today's program was brought to you by Fairway Market. Whether you are cooking for one or for a crowd, Fairway Market literally has everything you need for a fantastic meal. But if you don't feel like cooking, no worries. They cater. Check out fairwaymarket.com for more information. And be sure to check the new blog, On Our Plate, for weekly specials, health tips, and recipes.
And we are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, uh, and uh, we are talking today about the state of cheese in Arizona, um, going a little bit further afield uh, to discover what's going on with cheese in Arizona. And our our second guest, we're very excited to have, uh, Rhonda Crow, who is the owner of Crow's Dairy in Buckeye, Arizona. It's a grade A goat dairy. Um, Rhonda, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're really pleased to have you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about your farm? How long have you guys been in business, and uh, and what kinds of uh, cheeses do you make? Okay, well, um, we've been in the dairy business all of our lives, generational thing, um, on both sides of the family. For 30 years, we did the cow dairy, and then uh, we um, started um, researching cheese in the early 90s, thinking we were going to make cow cheese, sold our cow farm and um, became goat farmers or goat dairy people um, through a long list of, uh, of, you know, just mistakes and, and wonders and blessings that we got to this point. And for th- this will be three years, our um, license in September. So we've been making for three years. Wow. And what made you want to switch to uh, working with goats? Uh, it was it was kind of, a, like I said, a hit and miss thing. Um, I've always liked goats. I've had them for years. In fact, when we had the cow dairy, I tried to convince my husband to run a string of goats through the barn so that I could make cheese and have it, you know, maybe market it. And he said that um, goats were only good to feed calves. Well... Now he's changed his mind, and he loves the goats even more than the cows. So we really have finally settled into something we love, you know, in and out. It's just, it's wonderful um, to be farming and doing something you love. And I was wondering, it says, um, uh, Sophie made some notes about your farm. You guys milk Nubians? Yes, we do. Nubians are such beautiful animals. Oh, my favorite, and being in this hot climate, they do much much better than say a Swiss breed would. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because sure, they come from they come from a hotter climate. Um, and I would imagine goats in general. Actually, we were ta- we were talking with uh, um, Krista and Troy Daly from the Wedge and Bottle Shop, um, yes. who are big fans of yours. Aww. <laughs> um, and they were just mentioning, you know, of course, that in arid climates like Arizona, you know, goats are right. pretty hardy and do a lot better. Than a cow and would. even the bonus with the Nubians is the higher butter fat. So when you're making cheese, you have less whey to deal with, and and more um, yield. More cheese, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so what's what's the size of your herd? What uh, how many animals are you milking, and how many animals do you keep on the farm? Okay, we have on farm probably between 150 and 160. Right now, we're at 68 animals. Um, I think we'll probably peak right about 90 animals this year. Uh, the thing about us is we do the year-round. We are not seasonal, which helps us market our cheese. So um, in the wintertime, the resorts in Arizona up their demand for cheese. And when most goat dairies or goat producers are in the dry season, mm-hmm. so that helps us get our foot in the door, you know, that we're the year-round because we're dairy farmers from cows, and that's just what we've always done. And it's wonderful that Nubians allow us to do this year-round. 
That is really, really yeah. great. I know for our shop, I, I always call it the doldrums. It's like around, you know, yeah. late January to March. You know, it's just a bummer. We have like no goat cheese yeah. around. And I mean, it certainly makes right. us appreciate it more when we get it back. Right. But um, that's a really, that's a really wise, you know, business model as well. It, uh, it has worked really well for us. Um, we haven't really had to market much of our cheese because we're able to do this and, and keep a consistent product and and in the restaurants and the resorts who really, you know, they they depend on that. That's great. And so do you guys see, well, you obviously do see from the buyer side a strong demand for locally made cheeses? Very much so, yes. It's it's increased uh, since we started three years ago. In fact, our um, our dairy inspector, which comes monthly, brought another inspector just to see the place and uh, he said that every person with five or more goats now it seems is wanting to start a cheese dairy mm-hmm. it has boomed and he said he's really really has a lot of inquiry about starting a small dairy and oh. I think that's just great I think that is where it should be eventually is to come back to the smaller manageable farm Absolutely. Yeah, that's really encouraging. So do you guys have any idea about how many cheesemakers there are uh, operating in Arizona at the moment? Um, I'm really familiar with all of our um, goat dairies. Um, There are five licensed goat dairies. Two of us are grade A, and the other three are cheese dairies, which is considered other than grade A. Um, The only difference really being the testing. We're tested a little more stringently and more often. Um, also, there is United Dairymen of Arizona. They have uh, the Arizona Cheese Company, and they produce a Colby and a cheddar and curds from um, the, the pooled milk of all the Arizona producers that belong to that co-op. So I do know of those. And there are some other smaller um, cheese makers that use, say, the the pasteurized homogenized milk and makes the farmer's cheese and flavors at the farmer's markets. We've seen that. Um, but as far as the goat dairies, there are five of us currently. That's, so it's kind of in its infancy. That's great. That Well, that's just so encouraging, like yeah. you said, to hear more people getting into it. Yeah, especially in Arizona. You might not might not expect it. Yeah. You wouldn't. It's, it's a great climate for Nubians. And now, um, what about uh, educational resources? How did you go about learning to make cheese? And are there good programs in Arizona, either at the yeah. you know oh, university so extensions? Uh, or? I did have to go to Cal Poly for a short course to okay. just learn the basics. And that was in 2002. I took that. And I had assumed that I would be the cheese maker. Mm-hmm. But it ended up that I became more of the herdsman and the milker. I milk. I'm the only one that milks our goats right now. So I do all of the milking and all of the kidding and, and the herd management. When my husband, he does all of the marketing and the cheese making along with my son-in-law and my daughter are our partners. And they do the books and things like that. I also do the social media and that kind of stuff. We stay rather busy. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you do. Well, it's yeah. so great to hear yeah, everyone's got their role, and especially that you got your daughter and her son-in-law involved, too. That's great to bring it to the next generation. Yes, and that's what we were hoping. Three of my um, children, we have four children, and um, she's the only one that was remotely interested in the farming, <laughs> and the others 
that's just not their thing. And, and we were hoping that someone would be able to, you know, this is a generational thing for many generations, and we hated to see it end here. So we're excited that she's on board. That's really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, and so so Cal Poly was definitely, you, you mentioned as a resource. And um, do you have any other resources for burgeoning yes. cheesemakers in Arizona? Call farmers, ask them, you know, pick people's brains. And we did pay for a course, uh, another course at a northern Arizona dairy, Black Mesa Dairy. And we went there. It was a whim. Um, long story short, we just, it was in a magazine. We thought, that sounds fun. And we did. We went all up and down California. We've been to North Carolina researching cheeses, Georgia research, researching, you know, cheese operations. And it is. You just have to do your homework. And we did probably, well, 2002 until three years ago that when we were licensed. So what's that, you know, how many years Seven of research years. and yeah. studying? And you really have to want it. You yeah. really have to want to do this type of work. Absolutely, and, and create your own opportunities because, as you said, there's right. no, you know, you can't just like look up a, a local cheese making class. Always, it's it's. And did you find all these people that you went to see? Were was everyone um, pretty welcoming and pretty willing to share their knowledge? I would say almost ninety five percent are very friendly. Um, farmers are willing to share most of the time. Sometimes you pay a fee. Sometimes you know they just want to welcome you in and, and share because it's such a heritage for um, this type of thing. You really get involved and love your animals and first and foremost are the animals, the health and welfare of them. And you have to know something about animals. Um, I think that um, farmstead is probably the hardest cheese because you take it from the very beginning of the kid to the development of the cheeses that you make. And um, there's a lot of you know, knowledge base that you need just for the general welfare of the animal, the disease control and, you know, that type of thing. So it, it is a lot of, um, a lot harder than, say, some people might imagine. Yep. Yep. Like you said, you don't just start with the milk. You start right. with, <laughs> you start with the with, baby yeah. <laughs> That's and move, right. move up from there. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about the styles of cheese that you make and what are your most popular? We are um, an all fresh cheese right now. Um, because we just don't have um, the the aging facility yet. But um, the most popular, in fact, we had a group of chefs out this morning coming just to see the place and learn how to milk, and it's really fun for them. And um, there, this chef pulled me aside and he said, your quark has changed my life. <laughs> and I, I thought that was really, uh, a, it was such a hoot, you know, to hear that from him. But it's, you know, I'm sure you are aware what quark or quark, it depends on how you want to pronounce it, is, and it's a buttermilk culture, um, fresh cheese, and it's, um, you know, it's, you can use it like sour cream, and he makes a dressing out of it, and he says he just, he can't be without it. So that made me feel good, you know, getting up early in the morning, you hear those things in your head as you're headed out the door, like... Come on, Akos loves your quark. Let's go. You know, you try and boost yourself up. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, that is important to get the feedback, and it's it's really lovely that um, you know you guys bring the chefs out to you too, because yeah. I feel like you know the more uh, they're educated about the process, you know, the better. Oh, exactly. It is for everybody. Well, they're able to share with their customers and their consumers 
what this is and who makes this. And, you know, it, it, it brings like a story to the food you eat. Yep. A hundred percent. That's my, that's why I got into it. I was like, all these cheesemakers are awesome. I want to, I want to, I want to tell everybody about them. I better open a shop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So what are your biggest markets for your cheese? I know you've mentioned, um, you know, you've got restaurants, you've got resorts. Um, Can you tell, do you do farmer's markets as well? Yes, we do. We do three farmer's markets right now. Um, We also have some retail outlets, which are farms. Um, we have one lady, uh, the Simple Farm in Scottsdale, that has a honor stand with our cheese and our milk and our gelato in it seven days a week. Um, it just has an honor jar in there, and she has the freezer and the refrigerator out for people to stop by. So I thought that was just an amazing way to market her um, her products along with ours. And um, then we do our talking with Whole Foods here trying to get into our first um, grocery store chain. Very exciting. And did you did you just say that you make uh, goat's milk gelato? Yes, we do. Does that sounds pretty oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And ever since we started making it, I have put on five pounds. <laughs> it is so good. And it's such a nice little four-ounce thing. You just run in the walk-in freezer and grab one and yeah. eat it while you're milking. And sure. it's just, you know... Uh, on a hot summer day, not, th- not oh, much can top that. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you. And if people want to learn more about your dairy and where to find your cheeses, uh, what's your website? Crowsdairy.com. Crowsdairy.com. Well, thank you for enlightening us about the, uh, you know, the ins and outs and hows and whys of making cheese in Arizona. And uh, we've really had a, a great time. Yeah. Hey, glad to do so. Call anytime. All right. Well, thank you again for, uh, thanks everyone else for listening. And we'll see you next Monday for another episode of Cutting the Curd. Bye. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You're you can find all of our archived programs on HeritageRadioNetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.